Welcome to The Surge, a podcast about all things AmSurge and the ambulatory surgery center industry, where we share insight, news, and conversations relevant to our nationwide network of centers. Join us as we hear from AmSurge leadership, partners, and healthcare experts about the best practices, trends, and strategies that help your business thrive. Now here's today's host, AmSurge Communication Manager, Michael Waddell. Hello and welcome to The Surge. My name is Michael Waddell from the AmSurge Communications team. Our guest today is Bill Prentice. Since 2010, Bill has served as CEO of the Ambulatory Surgery Center Association, of which we are a member. Bill has nearly three decades of experience in association management, government affairs, healthcare advocacy, and public relations before accepting his current position at ASCA. Bill was the Senior Vice President of Government and Public Affairs and Director of the Washington Office of the American Dental Association. And with that introduction, let me welcome our guest today, Bill Prentice. Thank you, Michael. I'm very pleased to be here. Bill, let's talk about the shift in power dynamic between hospitals and ASCs. COVID overloaded hospitals, which pushed a lot of surgeries to an outpatient setting. For instance, orthopedic procedures like joint replacements saw increase in the outpatient setting. Generally speaking, how do hospitals view ASCs today, and how did COVID change that view? You know, our listeners probably understand that the relationship between ASCs and hospitals has always been a a complicated one. Uh, And and certainly over time, we've seen more synergies you know, kind of come about as a result of more joint ventures and, and partnerships between ASCs and hospitals. But there's still always a, a you know, a bit of a conflict there uh, in terms of, you know, in any given market, you know, the, the ability for an ASC to attract the patients uh, that it needs to, you know, relative to the hospital. And I think one of the things that has you know, really obviously helped ASCs and, and I think helped patients in, in every market is the fact that the ASC has proven itself to be a very safe and efficient setting for, for you know, patients to get outpatient care. And one of the things we've seen over time is as, you know, clinical advances and anesthesia advantage, advances have come about, that there's more and more care that can be safely provided to patients on an outpatient basis. And I think there's a, a natural little you know, concern there amongst hospitals that are used to having those patients you know, get care in their hospital, um, that those patients can now get care you know, elsewhere. Um, that said, I think that you know, we all know that you know, every community needs uh, you know, a good hospital, that there's care that can only be provided there. Uh, but that said, there's also many procedures that can be, you know, better provided outpatient uh, in a more, you know, patient-friendly environment like an ASC. And uh, so I, I think there's room for both sites of service in every market. Um, and I think we're still feeling ourselves out in terms of which procedures belong where. On that note, the more hospitals collaborate with ASCs or consolidate with them, Does that put pressure on successful independent ASCs or physician-owned ASCs? What are the challenges they face as they try to carve out their own place in this market? I think that that is a challenge, that consolidation in healthcare, you know, the, the hospitals will tell you that bigger is better. 
And, and I think there's a lot of evidence out there, a lot of research that has been done that shows that healthcare consolidation in markets actually raises prices and doesn't improve quality. So one of the things that I think the ASC brings to the, the table uh, into our healthcare system is evidence that, you know, challenging that, that, that having multiple sites of service, having competition in the healthcare environment actually can improve quality and lower prices. And, and one of the things that we're, I'm very pleased with is the evidence and the growing body of white paper evidence that shows the high quality of care that ASCs are providing. I think the then everyone now knows and assumes that the ASC is going to be the more efficient provider and that you can get a better price for most procedures in an ASC. Uh, the challenge has been also showing to you know insurers, employers, you know, patients that the quality of care they're going to receive is every bit as good as they would get in a hospital. Medicare and commercial payers like Blue Cross, Humana, and United have all developed some form of policy designed to drive outpatient surgeries to ASCs versus hospitals and hospital outpatient departments. How do decisions like this help ASCs, both in terms of overall awareness and growth potential? I think those policies, you know, have uh, have been long in coming, and I think you know many of the listeners are probably all too familiar with uh, the ability of hospitals in the past to negotiate payer contracts um, that that did their best to actually prevent care from going to ASCs or other providers. And, and so, you know, this is one of the challenges that I think, you know, you know, payers have had in the past is trying to challenge the market power of the hospital in, in every market uh, in, their, in terms of their ability to negotiate, you know, very favorable contracts and to challenge that uh, and, and put in provisions that try to direct care to the more efficient setting. And, and so I, I, I'm, I'm very pleased to see in markets that, that, that payers are starting to embark on those types of policies. I think we need more of them, um, and, and I think that you know what we need is a healthcare system that's right size, that is that is directing care to the most efficient setting um, for each individual patient. Um, and, and I think that you know one of the things that if you look at our current system, there is still too many patients, too many procedures that can be safely performed in a lower cost setting, ending up in the hospital. And I think that's something that these these payer provisions and and something that the Medicare program needs to look at um, to make sure that we're you know we're spending money wisely on healthcare. Let's shift gears a bit. Patient satisfaction is hugely important when it comes to community acceptance of ASCs as an alternative to hospitals. What can centers do to continue to encourage patients to see ASCs as safer, cleaner? more patient-friendly alternatives to hospitals for their elective procedures? That, that's a great question. And this is one area where, you know, I really want to compliment AmSurge um, and its leadership in the field of quality and patient safety. You know, from, from my very first days at ASCA, you know, uh, AmSurge and the other large management companies have really been leaders in terms of understanding that ASCs need to do more in terms of proving and showing their quality and patient safety. Um, and if that meant additional regulation, additional reporting requirements, uh, that was a, a burden that you know companies like AmSurge were willing to, to take on because they understand how important it is that we be able to show 
um, our quality and patient safety. We know that you know, you know historically hospitals were you know uh, always looking to try and find ways to demean the ASC setting, claiming that you know we weren't as safe as them, that we weren't as well regulated as them. And, and now I think we have a great body of evidence to show that that's not the case. That we are every bit as safe. So when it comes to things like you know uh, patient satisfaction. Um, I, I think that's, you know, one area where, again, you know, any public reporting of public satisfaction, not currently required, but we, we fully expect that down the road with the Medicare program, is going to show, I think, that ASCs um, have extremely high patient satisfaction um, uh, results. And, and I think that's in no small part because of you know the the way that ASCs operate. The fact that they uh, they really focus on the patient. Um, the you know the the setting is you know so much more appealing to most patients than going into a a big scary hospital. Um, and, and so I think that the more we can show that type of you know result, um, just the, the 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 more volume we're going to get to to see coming into the ASC. Changing directions. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in centers. You've worked with ASCs across the country of all types and sizes. I want to talk about the culture at those ASCs and what you feel separates the successful ones. What are the best practices that you've found for developing a quality culture, a winning culture, a culture of success that our centers could apply today? I think, Michael, that's a a really critical question and a really important topic for the ASC community. And, you know, culture is, uh, you know, can be a a really uh, amazing, powerful force uh, to improve patient care in ASC. And when I think of culture, and and I I think you're right in saying that, you know, size doesn't matter. You know, they're all different size ASCs, all different specialties, uh, but a culture of communication and transparency. I think is a critical element uh, to having a, a well-run ASC, and I know this is something that AmSurge is really uh, keyed in on. I know that they understand the value of this. Uh, you know, a, a culture that allows uh, the entire team to talk with each other, to challenge each other, to do better, is, is a culture that's going to be successful. And and so I, I know that uh, you know there's a, a a culture of safety survey movement uh, uh, you know that's uh, afoot um, that I think that you know ASK actually offers a culture of safety survey for ASCs to do each year that builds off of one that was created by the federal government, uh, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, a few years ago, that I think is a critically important tool for every ASC to use at least once a year to make sure that the team is united and and understands the importance of being able to speak up. Uh, I think one of the things that, you know, we understand is, is that if a nurse or a surgical tech feels that they have the power to speak up if they see something that's not right, uh, that's going to lead to a, a better outcome, uh, to, a, to a better, you know, uh, patient, you know, doctor relationship. Uh, I'm something that, you know, I hope that uh, becomes the norm in the ASC world. Let's talk about staffing in the industry. As we see caseloads increasing and ASCs shifting into growth mode, how can centers work to promote a positive work-life balance compared to hospitals? I think that's a really important topic. Um, one thing that you know, health care policymakers understand is we have too few physicians in this country. We have too few nurses 
too few other healthcare personnel. Um, and that, you know, it's a challenge for ASCs around the country to be able to compete uh, for a physician and uh, nurse uh, and surgical techs, um, you know, a talent. And something that, you know, I, I think we need to really, you know, spend some time focusing on. Uh, I can think of two elements of that, that that come to mind. One is, is I think that the culture in the facility, that, that you know, to the extent to which uh, people understand that it, that it's a great environment to work in, that it is a, you know, family-friendly, uh, employee-friendly place uh, to work and provide great care. Uh, I, I think that matters a lot, and and you know, and and I think that you know, I, I certainly know that uh, physicians and nurses, um, you know, get a lot of stress working in the hospital environment. So the extent to which we create an environment that is that is better, I think that's going to be very successful. I mean, I hear time and again from physicians that the you know even non-owners that doing care in the ASC is so much more rewarding and and family friendly that all, you know, because of the the way that the time blocks operate the fact that patient you know patients come in when they're supposed to they leave when they're supposed to that the the doctor can get home to to her family when when she expects that that is critically important i think the same thing applies to the other staff in the surgery center as well the other thing i think we need to work on is 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 physician recruitment uh, in terms of making more physicians as they're coming out of medical school understand that the ASC exists as a possible site of care for them to, 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 to work in. Um, I think that too many uh, physicians learn nothing about the ASC model while they're in medical school or while they're in residency uh, and therefore think that the hospital is the only place that they can turn to. Uh, to provide that surgical care, um, so I think that's something we need to address. I think we also need to address diversity in the in the ASC workforce, and and find ways to make sure that you know, that more you know uh, uh, nurses and, and physicians of color, you know, understand the ASC model and how it can help them to provide care you know in their community. In 2019, the ASC Quality and Access Act was introduced, and I know you had some success getting pieces of that enacted into law. But I understand that you are working on reintroducing a new version as of late 2020. Could you talk a little bit about the status of that act and what provisions are important as you begin to work on this piece of future legislation? Um, sure. Uh, happy to do that. Uh as a little, uh, you know, primer for, for those who may not be well-versed in the way Washington works is that, you know, what, what generally, you know, organizations like ASCA does is we introduce a piece of legislation that has a number of different provisions that we think can Im improve uh, ASC operations, you know, reduce the regulatory burden, uh, make it easier and better for patients to get care in the ASC. And, and what generally happens, as you alluded to, is, is that you'll introduce that bill and then different pieces of it will end up getting taken away and added to some larger piece of legislation that gets enacted. And we've been very successful over time in having that happen. So while we rarely expect something like our entire bill to get enacted in one piece, we've, we've seen different elements of it get uh, adopted either by law or by regulation. Um, so, you know, we end up 
generally changing the legislation from session to session to reflect that. So we're soon uh, going to have our latest version of that legislation introduced in both the House and Senate. Um, we have some excellent sponsors on both uh, Republicans and Democrats that will be supporting our legislation. Uh, one of the things that I think I'm very proud of is, the, is that our legislation isn't partisan. It's something that both Republicans and Democrats can support uh, because, you know, everything in our legislation is something to actually help patients get better care at a lower cost. Uh, when I look at our legislation, a couple of the key provisions that I would just point to is uh, continued use of the hospital market basket as the way to, you know, um, increase ASC reimbursements uh, for inflation from one year to the next. Uh, we're very fortunate that CMS has been using that hospital market basket, which is an inflation factor that looks at the cost of goods and services in the hospital space in the healthcare sector, uh, and using that to update ASC reimbursements, you know, each year. Historically, we had been using a different inflation factor separate from the hospitals. So the hospitals were using this hospital market basket that was kind of accurately looking at the rise in inflation in terms of goods and services in their space. But we were being updated for inflation using a different inflation factor that only looked at the uh, overall inflation in the economy, which generally low, runs lower than that of healthcare inflation. So year after year, we were falling further and further behind the HOPDs, the hospital outpatient departments, in terms of our Medicare reimbursements for no reason other than we were being updated using different measures of inflation. So for the, for the time being, uh, through a regulatory process, that's been fixed, but we actually need a permanent fix to that. We need Congress to, to mandate that forever forward, we get updated for inflation using the same measure as the other site of service that provides outpatient care, the hospital outpatient department, so that our rates don't continue to fall further and further behind. We know that we're already reimbursed about half of the HOPD on most procedures. We can't allow that to get further away. Um, a second budgetary element is the fact that the way that our um, reimbursements are updated is, uh, is budget neutral, meaning it's not supposed to really raise costs beyond that inflationary increase from one year to the next. Uh, but we are harmed by something called a weight scaler that further depresses our reimbursements relative to the hospital outpatient departments that needs to be addressed if we're going to find a way to encourage more ASCs to take more Medicare volume. Uh, you know, as we, as you all well know, as our listeners know, you know, our reimbursements for Medicare procedures falls well below that of most commercial reimbursements. Uh, we need to address that if we want ASCs to be able to take more Medicare volume, treat more Medicare beneficiaries, and help reduce overall costs to the Medicare program. That's so important to remember that for every good piece of legislation that is enacted, there's somebody like you on our side out there advocating for it. What could our physician partners do to be a part of that advocacy effort? Michael, that might be the best question you've asked today, because one of the things that you know people need to understand is, is that you know while ASCA is here, you know we have our lobbyists, uh, both in-house and some contractual lobbyists that work with us. We are very much outgunned by our competitors in the healthcare marketplace. Uh, the American Hospital Association, the Federation of American Hospitals, uh, the, the insurers, 
all are way, way better uh, armed uh, and better funded um, when it comes to their advocacy in Washington, D.C. Our biggest benefit, where, where we you know, um, have the benefit, is we're right on the issues. But it doesn't matter if you're right on the issues if nobody hears your side of the story. So what we need is a grassroots involvement from staff and owners of every ASC in the country to help educate their policymakers, both in Washington and at the state level, about what an ASC is and, and what you are doing to reduce health care costs. Uh, because if we know that we're right on the issues, and if we can get people to understand that and understand the value of the ASC model, we can win in Washington, we can win in state capitals, we can help to reduce health care costs, and we can improve patient outcomes. Bill, let's talk about the relationship between AmSurge and ASCA. We've been honored to work with ASCA for a long time now, and I wanted you to talk about that relationship from your perspective and how our two organizations have been able to work together to promote the ASC industry. Great question. Uh, I am so pleased that AmSurge has been a bulwark uh, with the association and with uh, related organizations like the ASC Quality Collaboration. Um, the AmSurge leadership team from, from the days I arrived, and I understand there's been changes over years, the one constant has been their understanding of the value of having an association that can represent the ASC community, uh, both in Washington, you know, uh, with the federal agencies, um, help with our state associations, and, and, and with the media in terms of promoting and preserving the ASC model. And, you know, AmSurge has been an amazing partner to the association. We've had board members from AmSurge on both the ASCA and foundation boards, as well as the ASCQC. Um, that has ensured that, you know, that, that AmSurge has a voice in the operations of, of, of ASCA, help us to direct, you know, what we're focused on. Uh, they've been an amazing partners, and, and I'm delighted, um, you know, to, that, that AmSurge is a, is a supporter of the association. That's all the time we have for this episode of The Surge. Bill, thank you so much for your time today. I speak for everyone at AmSurge when I say I'm looking forward to seeing how we can work together to impact the future of the ASC industry. And thank you especially to our listeners. Join us next time for another episode of The Surge. Thank you for listening to The Surge. If you have any questions about this podcast or suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at communications at amsurge.com.